Good morning, Belgrade Church of Christ, and happy Lord's Day. I imagine that most all of us two weeks ago would have thought that we would have been in our auditorium with lots of energy and lots of people and kids running around and uh, getting ready to, to sit down in, in, in our assembly and, and hear the Word of God and sing and, and take the Lord's Supper. Um, and I doubt any one of us two weeks ago anticipated that we would be meeting in our homes um, and you would be participating in this virtual assembly uh, on, this, on Sunday morning. But a lot has changed here in the last couple of weeks, and, um, and so imagine as most of you are sitting around your kitchen tables or sitting in your living rooms, uh, we figured it was appropriate for me to sit here in the office that I use and, and address you like this instead of standing up in front of an empty auditorium and, and trying to preach in a way that, and it, like everybody was, was uh, sitting in the chairs. And so I'm just going to address you like this today. And next week, um, we may do something live. This is actually pre-recorded. And uh, we wanted to do this just to make sure that we could get it out there without any glitches at this point. With live, uh, you never know what type of glitches may happen the first couple of trial runs. So we may be there next week. But for now, this is something that's pre-recorded. But um, we uh, giving everybody the opportunity to be able to, uh, to participate in this together. As, as together as, as we can be this morning. Uh, I'm going to start off with a prayer, and then I'm going to share a few things and uh, get into uh, a lesson that I, I prepared for this morning. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the day and the blessings you give us. And you are such a great God, and uh, there is uh, so much in our world that's happening right now. It's changed just in the last few weeks with this uh, coronavirus that is going around in, in places and, and even in our valley. And uh, we pray that you work as only you can. We know that you're the great healer, you're the great physician. And we pray that you provide healing, you provide guidance, and most importantly, that you bring people closer to you. And we pray this in your son's name. Amen. Okay, we've been going through the book of Luke on Sunday morning. And uh, go ahead and turn to Luke 22, and we'll be there in just a minute. But the setting has, as we've talked about here, Jesus has walked through his ministry. And he has taught his disciples how to love your enemies and care for those who are in need. He, he healed people. And he uh, cast demons out of people. And he showed by example the type of person, the type of leader that he was going to be. He um, gets towards, uh, goes to Jerusalem and uh, the place where... Um, Ideally, people would have just welcomed him and, and, and made him king. And, of course, that didn't happen. But Jesus is betrayed by a close friend. There's others, the disciples that have been walking with him through this whole process and through his whole ministry, are fighting about who is going to be the greatest. The religious leaders are trying to, to execute him. And Jesus, I imagine, as he is sitting around uh, finishing up the Passover, the festival where the Jews were going to celebrate, or were called to celebrate the, uh, the great uh, power of God and how he freed them out of, out of Egypt many years before. It's, it's a tense time, and things are, are not going as, as uh, would be ideal. Um, and Jesus is... I can imagine at this point in time as he is, knows that he's going to be executed, not just executed, but, but beat and put on a cross, and not only that, but taking the sins of the world on his shoulders. Uh, I wonder what you or I would do if we had 
uh, people around us that were dropping like flies and, and things just didn't seem to be going well at all. Um, those are what we call crisis points. And, and we're going to see what did Jesus do. As we have crisis points in our lives all the time, I think about um, crisis points when uh, they can happen in our health, when uh, we may be going along and, and just be in perfect health, and all of a sudden we have some sort of accident that happens, and uh, we, uh, we're not in, in great health anymore. And that's a crisis point. It's, it's, a, it's a tough place to be. Uh, there's times where uh, maybe we, we don't like the job that we have, and um, it, it works to support our family, but we, we don't like it. We, we're not happy with the people that we work with. It's difficult, and that creates a crisis point, a decision point on what are we going to do. Uh, sometimes when there's conflict within our family or, or a death of someone that is close to us, that brings about a crisis point where uh, we are, are doesn't seem like anything's going well around us. It seems like everything's kind of a mess, and, uh, and it's, it's hard to deal with. Or think about this. What if there was a, uh, a pandemic, uh, some virus, that started going around the world and spreading, and schools were canceled, sports were canceled. You see the death toll in other places is rising. There is uh, shortages around. Um, there is, just imagine here in Montana, the last night of the state tournament for basketball, state tournaments from class AA, A, B, and C, they get to the last night when the finals are going to be played, and those tournaments are canceled. And uh, they, in all classifications, they're declared co-champions because they were not able to finish the tournament. Or imagine that the Lady Bobcats went on a 17-game run, winning 17 in a row, and then find out that they are not able to finish the Big Sky Tournament because of this virus that is going around. Imagine it gets bad enough that you can't even go to the store and buy toilet paper. I think that sounds pretty similar to where we're at right now. And there is a, um, that is a, a crisis point. That is a time when we get to a, a point that it's really easy to um, be consumed by fear and anxiety, and we just don't, don't know what we're going to do. We're in new territory. Something that um, if you, on Facebook and via a flock note, the elders and myself sent out a letter, and I just want to read part of this here. Um, but you can look at it. Um, you should have it in your email if you've signed it for flock note, or it's on our Belgrade Church of Christ Facebook page. It says, Many of us choose to live in Montana, the big sky country, because we love the wide open spaces and enjoy maintaining healthy personal distance between ourselves and the next person. Now, the six-feet rule, that's pretty normal for us. That's not something we have to work at very hard. But, however, we cannot completely escape the world in which we live. Everyone is aware that the form of this form of coronavirus has been identified as a pandemic by many nations across the world as well as our own. It's very contagious and especially dangerous to people with existing health issues and our valuable older citizens. Just in one country alone, in Italy yesterday, there were 793 deaths just from this, this one um, uh, this one virus. Our nation has asked people to avoid meeting in larger groups in an effort to contain the spread of this disease. A similar situation happened when our soldiers returned from World War One with a Spanish flu, and our nation ha asked churches and others not to meet in larger groups. Uh, that article is is uh, posted on our, our church Facebook page as well, and you can read about it there. 
um, because this has happened before, just over 100 years ago, that something very, very similar happened. And so the question comes is, what are we going to do about it? Um, and we're going to look at Jesus' response in Luke chapter 22. I'm going to start reading in verse 39. It says that Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you will not fall into temptation. He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? They asked him. He asked them, Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. I try to put myself in Jesus' position right here, just like Hebrews 4, chapter, chapter 4, verse 15 says that Jesus was tempted in all ways, just like all of us. And I imagine there was a temptation somewhere deep down within Jesus, getting up from the uh, Passover feast that he celebrated with the rest of his disciples. If he didn't walk out and just want to say, I am done with this, I'm done with these people, they're, they're not up to, they haven't learned anything at this point in time, and I am going to run. And he could have taken his cloak, and he could have disappeared, and he could have just gone somewhere. Who knows? Maybe that was a temptation for him. Maybe it was a temptation for him to, to freak, to uh, respond in anger, to scream at God, to, to wallow in self-pity. And these are some of the things that I thought about this week. Or let anxiety and fear rule and, and blame everybody else for, for what is going on. Because in the end, he could say, I've done right, I've done what I was supposed to do, and the people around me are, are just dropping like flies and things are going bad. This is bad. And Jesus is in a crisis point. What is he going to do? And you notice what he does do is he stays the course. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane there, and he prays. And even though his disciples fall asleep, even though they don't understand the gravity of the situation, he prays. And he doesn't just pray for, for his personal comfort. I think there's part of that. He wants this, uh, he doesn't want to go to the cross. You know, he doesn't want that, uh, that burden on his shoulders. He doesn't want to have to walk through that. But he says, not my will, but your will be done, as he speaks to God. Um, in other words, Whatever my personal comfort is, whatever I would prefer at this point in time, that's not what's most important. What your mission for me is, is that's what's most important, and I'm going to submit to that, and I'm going to do it. And he plays, excuse me, he prays for his disciples as well. Uh, he tells them to pray to not fall into temptation. If you look at John 17, it's the same, same basic time period there. Jesus prays for his disciples to not fall into temptation. He knows that they're going to be scattered because when he goes to the cross, they scatter. But he prays for them to be able to resist temptation and to be unified. Because what happens, it would have been so easy for his disciples, once Jesus is executed, they have their crisis point. They could have run, they could have left, they could have freaked, they could have blamed, they could have done whatever. But maybe they did a little bit of it. Peter um, denied Jesus three times. 
But ultimately what happens is they all come back together and they are all unified. And you read through the book of Acts is they work together to continue to share the message of God uh, for, for people and, and people become Christians by the dozens, sometimes by the thousands. Now our response, as I was thinking through this uh, this week, is my family and I were on vacation the early part of this week uh, for spring break. And we came home early because every, everything was changing around us. We could tell that. And uh, we made a family decision to come home a few days early. And something that I kept thinking about and, and um, uh, that kept running through my mind is during our, our vacation, my, one of my plans was to read through the book of James, just, uh, just myself when I had, had time to do so. And uh, we've been walking through the book of James the themes of the book of James on Wednesday night during the Bible class. And one of the things that, uh, of Scripture that's very well known in the book of James, chapter 1, starting in verse 2, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, you think about what James says right there. He says, let the testing of your faith, it produces perseverance. So embrace that. And I think for any one of us in the next couple of weeks that we won't be meeting together face-to-face as people and, and uh, we won't be here in, in the building that we use, um, that's, you know, that's a time that can test the faith of any of us um, in, in a number of ways. But James says... Realize that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Perseverance is that quality that we do not quit no matter the circumstances around us. And perseverance, when it finishes its work, after it works on us for a while, creates us into people that are more mature and complete. And that's why James can say, consider it pure joy. Because when we develop maturity and a more complete faith, then that's a reason for, for being joyful because, because that's what God's looking for in us is obstacles. He gives us obstacles at times that create um, this, this great faith that is complete and mature that empowers us to last and grow and survive through anything. Now, there is uh, some more things that uh, I want to share here from the letter that the elders and I put together for the the church, but the big thing that I want to share before that, whenever we get to a crisis point, there's only one decision that really matters. The one decision is, am I going to allow this crisis point to push me further away from God and, and blame and get upset and, and allow myself to be, um, to be taken by, um, by evil, or am I going to allow this crisis point to push me towards God? and realize that I'm going to develop perseverance, I'm going to develop strength from this. And Jesus provides the perfect example for us. I don't imagine any of us will find ourselves in a situation quite as difficult as when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. But what he did is he prayed, and he looked after the other people that were with him, and tried to take care of them and their spiritual well-being. So let me share a few things here uh, as, as practical things that we can do as a church, as a community, over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, one of the things that uh, uh, the elders wrote that I 
appreciate is said, we as a church are committed to allowing God to use this obstacle to draw us closer to him. We have great faith in the Belgrade Church of Christ and know that God dwells deeply in you. We believe that you will respond with faith, courage, and compassion as you do when other obstacles present themselves. But most importantly, we have faith in a great God who reveals this about himself. From Deuteronomy 13:6, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So here's a few things that I want to run through that over the next weeks. We're asking everybody to be prayerful. Pray for our nation. Pray for the world. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for the people around you. Because, as we know, prayer is powerful, and uh, we recommend that you pray through the directory. It's great when we pray for each other. Powerful, amazing things happen when we do so. Uh, we recommend that you take some time to fast as well. Uh, the elders will will give some notification of a, a time of fasting coming up somewhere in the next few weeks, and you're welcome to participate in that at your discretion if you like. Um, the uh, assemblies that we'll have will be something like this. Next week it may be live, it may be uh, different as we, we learn from, from this uh, particular uh, experience. But we will uh, provide an opportunity for you to take the Lord's Supper here in a, another video as well. Um, communion, uh, the communion packs, uh, you'll see this on Sunday morning, but if you uh, do not have communion packs, there's some that are in the kitchen of the church building. And uh, you're welcome to, to come and grab those. If you don't know the combination, you can contact uh, Chelsea, myself, one of the elders, and we'll give it to you to get in the building. Uh, we encourage everybody to, uh, to sing with your families and whoever else is around uh, this, uh, during this time. There is, if you go to YouTube and type in Praise and Harmony, there will be a ton of songs that we sing during our assemblies, and some of them you don't know that will come up. And you can just... Let the, the music stream and sing along throughout the day today with your family. Uh, you can. Uh, some have asked about how to give collection during the next few weeks. There's three ways you can do so online. Uh, just go to BelgradeChurchOfChrist.com and there's instructions on the, the letter that we sent out to you. You can send a check to the, in the mail or you can save it until we meet again. That's what Paul asked the, the Corinthians to do in First Corinthians chapter six: to save it till I get there. Set aside something every week. And then give it when I when I come, and so that's a uh, those are still those are all options that you can do. Um, Bible study. If you don't have a daily reading plan, we encourage you to do so right now. James is a great place to read uh, through in the next weeks. Uh, it talks about overcoming uh, trials, and, and there's a there's a, a lot of things that I believe would be uh, very um, valid for us in our, in our in our lives that we're walking through right now. Uh, on Wednesday afternoon, and I'm not sure exactly what this is going to look like yet, but there's going to be some sort of Bible study that will be broadcast on Wednesday afternoon. And uh, I will um, do the Bible study, and, and hopefully we'll set it up so that we can have uh, comments and interaction and that sort of thing. And uh, there will be more information coming via Flocknote and Facebook on, on what that will look like. If anyone would like to participate in a service group uh, to help get groceries for people in the church or, or whatever needs there may be, um, then contact Chelsea. She's the contact person for that. And and uh, no, nobody in the church here is going to go without food or toilet paper, okay? There's there's enough to go around. Everybody's going to be all right, and we'll, we'll find ways to provide. There's also been interest uh, with some that they would like to uh, 
just make themselves available for being a blessing for people outside of our church family, but in our community that may have needs. And so if you would like to participate in that, if you someone just calls the church building out of the blue or, or contacts on Facebook and, and uh, does not have family in town or anything like that and needs someone to get them groceries, then uh, we'll, we'll put you to work um, doing that if you would like to, if you choose to do something like that. Just contact Chelsea and she'll take your name and, and she'll coordinate it from there. As a, as a church, we'll be communicating through Facebook and uh, our Facebook page and through Flocknote. Uh, you can sign up for Flocknote on our, our website. It's really easy to do and just takes a few minutes. Something else we encourage you to do during this time is just encourage one another. Write cards, make phone calls, send text messages, write emails, and just think of people that you know that could use some extra encouragement during this time and and give them a call. And um, if you are uh, you have extra time on your hands that you don't usual, usually, use it for great stuff like that. If you'd like to meet uh, with other people in small groups of 10 or less in the church, um, during this time, you can contact Chelsea, and she's going to take names down of people who want to do that uh, at, at your own discretion during this time. Again, um, be careful in, in how you do so, because even if um, you're a younger person, you can you can still carry this, even if it won't affect you so much. Um, you can carry this virus. And so we just encourage uh, people to use their own discretion in that. But if you'd like to meet in a small group and you don't know who to meet with or you don't, you don't have... Um, someone that comes to mind that you, you usually meet with, contact Chelsea and we'll, we'll set you up. Also, um, we encourage you to use this time just to connect with your family, whether they are under the same roof with you or not. But um, use this time as um, many of us talk about how busy we are, how we run from one place to the next so often. And in our, our nation, our community, and our world, that seems to be the case. And with ancient Israel, something that God did is every seventh day was to be a day of rest and reconnection with him. And every seventh year was to be a year that they allowed the land, the Israelites were supposed to allow the land to rest and just eat what the land produced and have a, a year of rest. And so maybe somewhere in all of this, uh, we can use some of this downtime as times of rest just to reconnect with God and reconnect with our families. And... Uh, Maybe there's some, some good things that can come out of, of this time as far as uh, just having a, a time of Sabbath and, and rest. Uh, we, uh, just as, as Paul said in Second in, uh, Corinthians, when I am weak, then I am strong. And what we're hopeful for and what we're confident of is that somewhere in all of this, God's going to work through us and work through um, the Belgrade Church of Christ and all of us as individuals to uh, bring us into uh, a better place with him, uh, to increase our, our community and to, um, to work in ways that we can't imagine at this time. But uh, there's a quote that I saw um, that I'm going to share with you uh, that I, an Italian teacher actually, uh, someone quoted an Italian teacher um, on Facebook. And the Italians are, uh, right now, there's, they're a ways ahead of us as far as how this, uh, this epidemic is hitting some of their towns. But he says, I am certain that tomorrow there will be only the memory of a difficult moment that we overcame by staying united. And that's our prayer. And as we walk into this, this time of, of crisis, or we walk through this time of crisis, uh, our, excuse me, <laughs> our prayer is that all of us grow together 
even though we're, we're separated at this point in time. We grow together to become more like Christ. And so a few weeks down the road, hopefully, uh, maybe it's a little longer, when we do come back together, it's going to be a great time, and we're going to be excited to be together because of the, the way that we've continued to grow and stretch with God during this time.